Here's Reinman in the Morning, on demand from 1021 and 105.3 The Shark. I've known my next guest for almost 20 years from doing stand-up in Boston. You may know him from the critically acclaimed HBO special, The Great Depression, and he has a book coming out this fall called Misfit from Peabody, Massachusetts. Please welcome Gary Gullman. Gary, how's it going? Good, John. Good to, good to hear your voice again. It's been a long time. Gary, I appreciate you making this house call for me because you are the most optimistic Celtics fan I know. <laughs> and I need it so bad. Please remind us right now why it is not yet the end of the world for the Jason Tatum Boston Celtics. Oh, my gosh. He's 25 years old. His uh, partner, or second best player, is 26 or 27. They look like they're going to sign him and I mean no exaggeration they've gotten significantly better every year those two players Mm -hmm. and I I mean they've been playing since last June Jason Tatum had an ankle injury on the first play of the game we should be grateful that it wasn't a a Gordon Hayward ankle injury or leg injury so I'm optimistic the other thing is which teams would you trade your with would you rather have the Miami Heat players? I mean, maybe the Denver Nuggets are going to win the championship, but I I I prefer this team because we've had them for the most part, except for for Brogdon, I think, and and Al since they were since they were rookies. This is the way you build a team, and we should be we should be grateful and and just win it all or your failures is is so absurd. Are we fans? Or are we critics? Are we mm. critics? Is that what we grew up wanting to be when we were young, to, to grow up and be critics of, of athletes and, without exception, superior athletes? It's, just, it's so gross, but it's, it's basically what everybody has become, that, that everyone, unless they're the, the GOAT, which is such a, a nonsense expression, unless they're the GOAT, they are uh, failures, and unless they win a championship every year. I mean, it's just it's infuriating. I agree. I mean, well, what do you think about Joe Mazzilla? Do you bring him back? Do you like him coaching? Uh, yes. His his first season thrown in there without much preparation, and he takes you to the Eastern Conference Finals and an ankle injury away, perhaps from making the, the NBA Finals and also winning an NBA championship. I, I mean, I, I just – should they should the Warriors fire – Steve Kerr should the mm. San Antonio Spurs get rid of Greg Popovich and and those guys are our veterans. This was his his first season. I I am, imagine somebody that young is is on a trajectory that would have him improve year to year. I mean, it, it's just there there's oh they just want to blow up because they didn't blow up a team because they didn't win a championship and the guys first year. I, I mean, Bill Fitch didn't win uh, a championship in his first year, and he got beaten four games to one by the Philadelphia 76ers, and and they weren't even close to defeating the 76ers in, in 79-80. Should they have fired Bill Fitch, who clearly isn't, wasn't even dealing with as difficult of a defensive scheme or offensive scheme as they are now in 79-80. They just ran a couple of pickle, pick and rolls here and played two-man ball. I mean, these these questions are, are, are nuts, John. 
<laughs> well, you've made me feel better, though. So I'm I'm glad okay, I good. asked okay, them. Okay, good. Well, here's a here's a here's a more substantial question, I guess I would say, is that uh, you know, I have a six year old daughter, Sadie, your favorite players, Jalen Brown, and this was a difficult one for me. Um, my daughter's Jewish, and Jalen Brown uh, tweeted retweeted some stuff this year um, yeah. that infuriated, I think, everybody. How did you handle that as a fan of the player, but probably not so much the message? Yeah, I mean the the whole Kyrie thing and. The the ignorance, but also there's a there's a um ah uh, yeah it's it's very difficult to handle. But I I also feel like the the um the alternative is that he's that he's not uh, um a a person who is interested in in politics and culture and and his own history and his own identity and and just as about making money he's he's a he's a he's a bright guy and it's complicated and i I think Kyrie is ignorant and Kyrie is a mentor to some of these younger players and and you you tend to understand where your mentor is coming from and and i'm sure there's there's some bs proof of his ideas that he's sharing with them and and they're sharing it and it's just it's just gross but but anti-semitism is is so it's so complicated in in its appeal to to people because it's it's this conspiracy and and it it uh, appeals to people who are into conspiracy theories yeah. and and it's just it's so disgusting and and infuriating and 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 yeah i i i i would be lying if i said jalen brown didn't go down in my in my mind but at the same time i i think also Boston has been has been so unwelcoming to to young African American athletes over the years that you could see where somebody could be um, negative in their in their feeling towards the the Boston fans and and be attracted to somebody who is is rebelling against against white fans. I don't know what to do. Why does it have to be? Why can't he just hate white people? Why does he have to hate Jews? Yeah, I know. I, my hope is that hopefully he sees everything that goes on with Kyrie in his own life and his career, and finally maybe yeah. pieces that that's not the right person to be following. That's kind of no, no, uh, I know. He did distance himself from Kanye, which I thought was helpful, and then yes. he and then he left that <laughs> that that agency. But yeah, it's gross. Yeah, I mean, but I'm with you though. Where it's like, I guess I was so sad the other night because you know. I, I want to see these guys make it work together. And it was like just seeing him and Tatum in the locker room together after that game six win. Yeah. It felt like they, re- it was like, are they clicking? And it's like, yeah, Tatum got hurt. But I'm like, it would hurt me so much to not see that through and to not, because like I said, it's like, you know, these are my daughter's Celtics kind of in a way. And it's like, these yeah. are her favorite players. It's like, I want to see them make it work. I want her to grow up with these guys, you know? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know whether I'm glad that my family made me think that these, that these wins and losses were 
any more important than than wins and losses by by people that we don't know in other cities that that I, I just i I felt like it was it was the Celtics beating the Sixers growing up was a good triumphing over evil in it and it wasn't the, mm. the Johnny most made it sound like the Sixers were were <laughs> violent and wild but they yeah. were they were equally deserving teams and and I mean Billy Cunningham was was probably as good a coach in the league he just happened to coach a team that had to face the Celtics all all season and so he's not mentioned as as one of the greats even though he won a won a championship and and got close to other two other times he just happened to go up against the the Blazers with Bill Walton and the and the and the Lakers with with Magic and Kareem and then he played in the I, I mean it's just what 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 do we expect out of our uh, out of our teams championships every year right. one championship is plenty every championship since the 04 World Series by the Red Sox has been um I've been indifferent to I couldn't I I I I just I didn't follow it as much and if they had lost any of those I wouldn't have been miserable when the Philadelphia Eagles beat the 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 Patriots at Super Bowl I was happy for all my friends from Philadelphia who had been miserable for 50 60 years or however <laughs> long they'd been it's yeah. just it's just that these I I mean I, I, there's something in between the the Bronx tale, Mickey Mantle doesn't care about whether you can pay your rent. So why are you spending so much time invested in how he plays? He, he's yeah. a, 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 for the most part not a great individual. Nor was Joe DiMaggio or a lot of these guys. Kurt Schilling was a was a creep. Yep. And a, and and is a and is a cretin and. And it it just I, I don't know that these are the the things that we should we should be getting so in, in invested in in hero worship and everything. I, I don't I don't know whether my family did a disservice to me in making me think that that athletic greatness was the the ultimate human contribution. Well, you probably talk about this though. I mean, I can't wait for your book, The Misfit. It's coming out this fall, right? Can you tell us about the Misfit? Mis- it's just called Misfit. Oh, it's Misfit. It, uh, yeah, I, I'm, the the publishers have told me not to talk about it until later on this, okay. this year. But um, I'll just say that it's a, a memoir of of my life from kindergarten through twelfth grade, and and it's it's probably the best thing I've I've written if you compare it to my jokes just because it's it's deeper and 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 more um personal than anything i've done including the the great depression so um but it comes out september 19th it's available for pre-order now at garygolmanbook.com what were some of your favorite hangouts growing up in peabody in the 80s oh in in peabody i mean there was there were Three basketball courts in in South Peabody at at James Street and at Emerson Park. So those were some of my favorites. But then I also used to go to Symphony Park, which was which was easier to get to, and and that's where I I spent more time than any place other than school was at was at Symphony Park, and and 
almost all my friends and, and a lot of them who I either still stay in touch with or see frequently, like my best friend of all time, Jay Her- Hurwitz, I met at Symphony Park. So it was just this, this, this uh, fountain of, of great times and, and great friends. I, I'm, I'm so grateful for that place. But, but other than that, I also spent a lot of time, especially when, when I was eight or nine, hanging out at the North Shore Mall because my mother had a job there and, and babysitting was expensive. So I used to walk around the mall while she worked from 4.30 till 10. And you can't imagine leaving an eight-year-old at, at a mall now. But yeah. it, it was, <laughs> and it wasn't that common then, but I, I felt I felt safe, and I made friends with with everyone from the from the um, from the Orange Julius to the Sears to the to the, the clothing stores and and T-shirt uh, makers. It was it was it was an interesting but but uh, lovely time in my life. What store did you work at? My mother worked at at a Hallmark store called Murray's at the uh, mall. Oh, okay. Um, where where she got like probably three ten an hour, but she also made up for that by stealing a lot of greeting cards. <laughs> <laughs> she augmented the, the the income by stealing greeting cards and, and uh, a lot of Russell Stover's seasonal candy that they probably just let her take home because it was it was out of season. But you just get a yeah, card for a every single holiday. Happy Saint Augustus Day! What? What do I need? <laughs> take it. This is this is currency here. Yeah, um, yeah totally. Totally. We, All, uh, uh, zit, but mostly Ziggy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's June 1st. We just came off of Mental Health Awareness Month, but that's an issue that doesn't end on June 1st. And no, you, I know, right? You gave some wonderful advice, though, a few years back because you did this wonderful thing where you went on Twitter and every day you, you gave out some writing advice to people, but it was also life advice. And you said something about making a deal with yourself when you don't want to get out of bed. Um, do you mind sharing with people what, what that is just when you wake up and you feel like you don't want to get up? Oh, was it, was it staying awake and doing something for 15 minutes and then yes. if you don't feel like being awake, you can go back to sleep? Yeah, but that I mean, that's... Really, that was really helpful and I did it. You're, you're going to say, no, that's too much of a coincidence. But I kind of did it this morning. I was like, you know what, I'll have coffee. If I want to go back to sleep, I'll go back to sleep. And I, and I haven't looked back, John. <laughs> Gary, thank you so much for coming on, for all the work you've done in comedy and with mental health advocacy, and for keeping our spirits up with the Celtics. And it's GaryGullmanBook.com, right? It was it was my pleasure, John. And and please let me know if you're in New York at all this summer. I'd love to I'd love to have lunch, dinner, or 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 coffee or whatever we can agree to meet on. Uh, I would love that. I love it. Thank you so much, Gary. I'll talk to you soon, okay? I really appreciate it. Okay. If you read the Shark app, you know the story about when I was driving along Hampton Beach and saw a whole bunch of DeLoreans. Yeah, like the cars from Back to the Future. And then I just didn't hear back from the guys. And I thought, oh my gosh, time travelers. No. Good news. They followed up with me. They got in touch. They said they wanted to come on the show, and they're here with me right now in the Shark Tank. Would you please welcome from Northeast Region DeLoreans, a.k.a. Nerd, Adam and Mike. How's hey, it going, guys? Hi, hi. Good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. So, again, you're part of a, a club. Let's clarify for this for people. A club of drivers that have DeLoreans, and these are like real DeLoreans from Back to the Future. 
Yeah, that's right. We uh, we formed in 2020, and we've got about 25 to 30 uh, cars in the club, all from Whoa. New Hampshire and Mass. All just from New Hampshire and Mass? You yeah, got almost 30? Oh, that's uh, some in Maine. Okay, great. So that's unbelievable. How'd you guys meet and form this club? How did you How did you first of all get DeLoreans and then realize there's other people with DeLoreans in the area? So I was driving up 93, and I believe Mike's girlfriend's son, right, saw me driving and took a picture, sent it to Mike, and said, "Look what I found." So Mike reached out to me. I guess through Facebook or was it Facebook. One, one of the groups there? Yeah. Today we should we should start a club. <laughs> and I said, "All right, I'm on board." That's so just... he and I met, and uh, then we just started collecting members. Yeah, it turned out there was a huge vacuum in New England. There was really? no club. There hadn't been for years, and uh, a lot of people were real thirsty to kind of join this gang, and 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 it formed up a lot faster. There were more in New England than I ever thought there would be. Uh, you know, and we're only three years into this, and I always feel like we've collected everybody, and then two or three new people we find and want to join the club. Yeah, like twenty minutes from my house, the guy showed up just a couple <laughs> months just a couple months ago. Just showed up in his DeLorean, and just well, said, like he found us, you know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he didn't show up at, at the house. That was, <laughs> <laughs> and, he had, and he had crazy white hair, and he was right. wearing a white lab coat. Mm-hmm. He said he wanted to be part of this. It was just Bernie Sanders. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you actually drive these cars. Like this isn't just like you, like you drove it here today. You drive them on the road, yeah, right? My, I I daily drive mine from about April to November. Yeah, I, I have another daily driver, but uh, it's been in the shop for two months. Actually, my most reliable car is my DeLorean, so yeah, I drive that one, you know, as uh, as often as I can. Really, that's unbelievable. That's just so cool. So, like, well, how do you purchase them? Like, is it hard to find a good DeLorean nowadays, or are they kind of making a comeback? That's a bit of a that's a tough question today. Three years ago, it would have been a different answer. Well, you got to get the uh, DeLorean. But, go back, give me that answer. Well, so, <laughs> Come on. You threw it to him. You threw me the lob. <laughs> I slammed it down. So prices have sort of skyrocketed mm. in the past few years. Um, oh, wow. I think we were both pretty fortunate to find ours at uh, reasonable prices. But now they're they're very unattainable for a lot of folks, um, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I actually bought mine on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, interesting. Yeah, from a guy in New York. Wow. Oh, yeah. same. Facebook Marketplace. There you go. Except Mass. I got mine from Mass. Well, let me ask you, is it hard to maintain? Is it harder? Because you said you're, one's in the shop. Is it tricky to maintain a DeLorean than other cars, or is it just like any other vehicle, really? It's got its quirks. It's definitely a new, unique vehicle, and uh, it's got a lot of really funky things about it. I mean, to start with the doors, obviously, yep. not a lot of cars have gullwing doors. And <laughs> ours has a tension rod that opens up the doors, kind of mm-hmm. like uh, you'll see uh, for other things in cars. But, you know, ours is on the door, yeah. so that's pretty unique. It has mechanical fuel injection because it exists in this weird realm between carburetors and electronic fuel injection. And that's a really tricky one, and there's not very many people that understand mechanical fuel injection. Uh, in fact, the the fuel injection distributor looks like a regular spark distributor cap, and so even car guys will open up the top and be like, oh, that's a weird spark plug. And I'm like, well, that's a fuel line. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. When you call a garage, when you call a mechanic, like how many people hang up immediately when you say, hi, I'd like to bring in my DeLorean to get it fixed. Do well, people it, think you're prank calling them, or is it like, oh yeah, sure, come on it, down? It does happen, but thankfully, right now we we're a large enough group, and there are enough folks in the club that are very versed in the car that I don't think a lot of us even go to mechanics anymore. 
Yeah, we pretty much oh, wow. do all our own work. Yeah, that's um, awesome. There's a couple of specialty shops around the country where people have sent their cars, particularly in Ohio, or there's uh, DMC still operates out of Florida and Texas, and uh, so there are places that you can, you know, spend some money to ship your car out, have it fixed, and get it back a year later. But none of us want to be without our car for that long. So sure, we've taken to mostly doing our own work and helping on other guys' cars. That's one of the great things about the club is that we have this resource of. Uh, people and knowledge and skills and everybody's done a little bit different types of work on the car so you know we mostly keep them up ourselves and and pretty proud of that yeah and i i saw you guys again at hampton beach and it just seemed like at first it was surreal it was just a row of just endless deloreans and like you know nowadays we're all we're all in a weird place. So I was like, oh, I'm having one of my episodes. <laughs> um, but no, they were real. And you guys, it, ever, it seemed like such a pleasant group. You guys were having such a fun time just talking. What do you guys do for activities when you get together? When you get the gang of DeLoreans together, what do you go out and do? So we have a whole bunch of activities that we do. That was actually a cruise that we were taking because our tech day got cut short. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if. I should even go into detail as to why. But <laughs> ah, okay. Wow, we're getting into some, some top, this is it. We're it was emotional. Close. But okay. so we, we ended up going up the coast, and um, yeah, that was just sort of halfway through. A couple of folks needed to, to make a gas run before we went up through Rye Beach and everything. Uh, so that's why we had stopped, and yeah. you found us. But we all, we do uh, we do a lot of tech days, uh, car shows. Uh, we've gone to the Shea Farm in Hubbardston, which is um, Bill and Patrick Shea. They own the yeah. the uh, Back to the Future Museum. Oh, wow. Yeah, they have a couple of screen-used cars and props galore. They've got more screen-used Back to the Future props than I think any private collection has. In fact, they rent them out to places like Hollywood Museum and stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that was a real treat. Well, uh, that leads me to my next question. Does anyone from the movies know you guys have this club? Like, do any of the actors know about this? No, probably not. I mean, there are other clubs in the country. And oh, okay. We're, we're by far not the largest. Oh, wow. So I think if you go to, the, like, the the Mid-Atlantic Club is really large. Um, well, California. we're the most exclusive. Mid-Atlantic will let anybody uh, that's join. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We're an owner's club. Yeah. <laughs> ah, we got some DeLorean turf wars going on here. Oh, we're it's looking like, to have gang wars. Maybe yeah. we're trying to set it up. There you go. <laughs> you know, switchblades and nunchucks because we're what? doing it 80s style. I, I tell you, dude, as soon as I get the doors open to this thing, you are going down. Just give me five minutes. Are you, you're big fans of the films, obviously, right? This isn't just a vehicle thing. Like, do you, do you love Back to the Future? Is that for real? Yeah, so we—I mean, I love '80s movies. I, I love the car more than I love the movie. Okay, and I've I very much separated the two in my head. In fact, there's a lot of '80s movies I love more than uh, than Back to the Future. Although it's you know top ten, top twenty. You're going to sure. be showing up in the Ecto One next time, aren't you? <laughs> I'd love to have an Ecto One. Be cool, right? Uh, but you know, strip down the movie aspects of the car, and the DeLorean is my favorite car in the world. Maybe the Countach. Okay, could come close to it. Uh, but this was, to me, it was the ultimate physical possession to own was, was this car. It's awesome. And I got it, and now I don't know what to do now that I have that. What do I do with the rest of my life? Just drive it around? I got yeah. no goals anymore. I already well, accomplished them all. What Back to the Future do you think is the best Back to the Future? Because there's three movies. So which one's the, your you favorite? I'm going to say the first one. Okay. Growing Second up, one. I, yeah, see, growing Other up. Hoverboards. Yeah. I know. I know. I wish it held up. Why the first one? Why do you like that one the best? It just has a different magical feel to it. Okay. Um, the second one was definitely a favorite growing up. 
But as I got older and watched it more, it just felt like a big chase scene to me. Okay. Uh, Mike, what about you? Why do you like the second one most? I'm just such a sci-fi nerd. Like anything in the future, especially a date that I'm actually going to live through, was was a lot of fun. And same thing, as a kid, I'd pop in the second movie on my VHS until it wore out. Uh, In fact, I don't think I even saw the third movie until I had watched the first two probably a hundred times. I don't know that everyone in the third movie saw the third movie. (laughs) That one, (laughs) you don't hear that one talked about. They go to the Wild West or something, right? Yeah, it mostly takes place in 1885. Yeah. It's crazy it didn't work out. Uh, (laughs) Let me ask you this, and this is, I think, the question uh, that we really came here to ask. Um, Not if, but when you time travel in your DeLoreans, where and when are you headed? Adam? France, uh, late 40s? Don't tell me this is the tough question. I mean, this is the it whole is reason you have a DeLorean. I know, well, it's a so, lot, of con- lot to consider, though, So, right? honestly, the, the fascination around the DeLorean did not come from the Back to the Future films for me. Oh, okay. So, as much as I love the movies, um, like Mike said, I, I, I separate the two. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get in the car and, and think about time travel. Where, so. where would you go if you could, just for fun? I'm going to the future. Yeah. I'm telling I, you that. I'm you're gonna, both going I'm, to the future. I'm going to skip so. a century at a time because I got to know what happens. I want to see I want to see us colonize the moon. You know, I want to see us get intergalactic travel. I want to know how far can humanity go before we fizzle out. You know, so I'd, I'd keep skipping forward until I found out all those answers. Until you go ahead three years and go, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, I didn't want. Um, anything you'd like to add in case someone's listening and they got a DeLorean and they just like to make some new friends? Is there any way they can reach you guys? I know it's a very exclusive club. I had a hard time reaching out to you guys. What should they do if they want to get in touch? Well, we do have a Facebook page. Uh, it's private, but you'll find us if you search for Northeast Region DeLoreans on Facebook. There's a couple of questions like, where do you live and what's your VIN number? So that we can confirm that you do, in fact, have a car. Wow. And so if you answer those properly, we'll reach out and, uh, we'll invite you to the next event. Guys, thanks so much for coming in. Uh, it's Adam and Mike from Northeast Region DeLoreans, and uh, I'm so glad we finally met up. And uh, please don't take off on me this time. Please, like, let let's see each other again. Don't travel. Don't go to the future just yet.